Um, all right, it's time for politics, of course. So Sarah Martin didn't pick up the phone, so sad buzz for her. Yes. Sad buzz for Sarah. She might ring through. Uh, but Hopefully. right now, Phil Ferguson and John Moore. Morena to you both. Morning. Morena. How are we today? Pretty good. Hello. Yeah, nice, nice. You've got... So when are you finished work? Phil? <laughs> Are you? Oh, I don't well, know if you're full time on campus. No, I don't, no. actually don't know what the hell you did, to be honest. Mystery <laughs> <laughs> man. Well, well, well. I just think because campus, like, I mean, I know a lot of people. Campus jobs aren't wrapping up until like the twenty third, um, which is crazy. No, I'm unemployed. Oh. Oh well. Yeah. Well, to be honest, you're probably lucky you don't work at the university at the moment. You'd be unemployed yeah. anyway uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, good time for Christmas. All right. Uh, speaking of good times, 2017, another year in politics. Good. The best the ugly or over the show and that's what we're going to talk about this morning um, so I mean I guess uh, it's just gonna I'm just gonna ask the questions we're gonna roll through mm. um, we'll start off with New Zealand politics uh, there's been highlights and lowlights what is everybody's highlights uh, for you we'll start with you John. yeah I think it's been a really big year in New Zealand politics and my highlight uh, it's a bit general but with the election as a whole mm. and I think for the first time in de decades uh, we had um, politicians actually making some big and bold promises in, in terms of policies and in terms of um, projecting a more transformative form of politics. So I think the effect of that is that politicians, and this might be their downfall, this could be the downfall of this government, they've raised expectations. Mm -hmm. Whereas expectations in New Zealand, and I think throughout uh, the world, especially throughout the global north, for decades have been very low. So uh, politicians really haven't had to make big promises. In fact, they've been able to uh, even get voted in um, with policies of austerity and cutbacks, etc. So I think uh, the fact that expectations have been raised, uh, some pretty uh, radical policies have been promised, it's arguable whether they can be delivered, especially the, the, the promise of eliminating child poverty, mm. uh, will mean that there's now uh, people are re-engaging with politics yep. and, and, and expecting a lot from politicians, which is actually dangerous for politicians, yeah. but I think is good for politics. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Phil? Uh, I'm probably not quite as optimistic as... <laughs> As, as what John really? Is. I, li I like I like to be an optimistic person. Globally, globally, I'm I'm kind of more optimistic because I can see signs of of um, positive things um, happening happening globally. I think in New Zealand, I agree that there was more promise this time than what there has been for quite a while, and I think. There's a general kind of consensus now in New, in New Zealand, you know, that neoliberalism is well and truly in the past, mm. and that in its wake came the massive growth of poverty and so on. I actually don't particularly like talking about child poverty because it's not like children are, are simply poor. Their parents are poor. Mm -hmm. That's why they're poor. Their, mm -hmm. their parents are poor. And, of course... When you talk about child poverty, you're actually leaving out a lot of poor people. Yeah. You know, what about all the people who don't have children or whose children are growing up, but those people are poor? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, working for families and, and providing more for people with kids is all well and good, and I'm all in favour of that. But there's still a whole lot of other people who are surviving on the smell of an oily rag. Yeah. And. You know, are we going to see a significant lift in social welfare benefits? Are we going to see a significant rise in 
employment and well paid mm-hmm. you know real jobs with wages that enable people to live in dignity yeah and i don't really see much sign of that well there has been a rise in working poor that's yes, for sure yeah oh, that's yeah, for sure and yeah. uh, i mean and that comes with uh, challenges like the auckland housing market yeah um you know and, and it'll be good to probably see um with these changes to working for families which is going to benefit me um i'd like to see a change in the accommodation supplement for people for, yeah, for yeah. single people as well yeah. and couples without children i think that's really important yeah um right for me it was just change of government right. straight off the bat mm. you know i just enjoyed yeah. seeing you know i don't know what it's going to bring necessarily i don't know what promises are going to be kept and what which aren't uh, but just to see a change after so many years is is really good for me um what about low lights low lights um i think the whole situation with materia terrain um and and uh I think it's a complex question of, of why there was that backlash against her when she um, eventually, well, initially she said she had uh, committed benefit fraud and uh, this was announced at the same time that um, the Greens said that they would uh, significantly raise the level of benefits. Um, eventually that led to a big backlash to the point of where the Greens could have uh, been wiped out as a, a parliamentary party. Um, I, I think some of the fault... With, with what Materia Tuway initially said and then with information that came out later. Um, so I think there is some fault on her part and the leadership's part that they didn't have their narrative story straight. Um, and um, But I think why it was a low light for me is that it initially led to a, ra- a significant raise in the level of support for the Greens that showed you that there really was an anti-establishment mood in New Zealand and that um, a lot of people did have deep concerns about poverty and the situation of beneficiaries so the, mm-hmm. the Greens got their highest level of support ever. Um, the fact that that support then collapsed led, I think, allowed the media and politicians to say that no, the general public doesn't like beneficiary, so-called beneficiary bludgers yeah. So I think that the people who came out the worst uh, from that situation were actually beneficiaries, whereas it could have it could have been completely the opposite situation if, mm. if Materia Ture had her story straight and been a bit more uh, candid about her whole situation when she was a beneficiary, then it, it could have led to a really significant discussion about uh, the plight of all beneficiaries and, as well as working poor. Yeah, yeah, we should have seen some of the shit on the internet yesterday after Labor's latest release. Um, apparently poor kids are shit now too. Um, God, that's been horrible. I've been a keyboard warrior all day. <laughs> you know, went nuts on a few people. Away. Oh, yeah, how about, how about you? There's a really nasty underbelly in this oh, country. Oh, mate, eh? mate, and it's it, disgusting. Yeah, and it didn't used to have an outlet before social media. Well, yeah. I guess Radio Talkback it had an, had an, out, an outlet on that. Yeah. But now it's like it, it's kind of channeled and you've got this sort of channel of... of excreta mm, that mm. just flows th- out through social media yeah. with with attacks on on you know people living in poverty and living in bad housing and all the rest of it yeah. i blame roger donald donaldson for uh, roger donald uh, douglas sorry uh, for <laughs> it oh no well i mean i yeah it's a me it's, mentality it's a me yeah, me and me it, and, and that it was started the, yeah, yeah yeah it started with the fourth labor government and it's it's carried on ever, ever since then mm. what was um, your what's your low light my low light would be two things actually one is an event and the other is a process so the, lo- the low light 
event is definitely yeah what happened to Materia Ture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be more um, maybe indulgent of of, of her um, in the sense that I think she should she deserved a much more robust defence, and I couldn't you know. Tactically, from their colleagues, you mean, and from Labor, yeah, and from and from from Labor. Um, I think, yeah, you know, Smiley Jacinda kind of hung her out to dry when she said that she wouldn't be in the in the government. Mm. And I think, at the end of the day, it 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 didn't really matter whether there were contradictions in her story or not. There would have been a backlash on her. There would have been an assault on her, you know, one way or the other. And frankly, I don't really care what she did. Mm. Like, the the money that she had to live on, like, nobody should have to live on that money with a kid. Yeah. And if she got some support from her family, well, good luck to her, you know. Like, we have people in this, in this country, you know, who are on millions and millions a year, you know, the head of, of Fonterra and the head of um, Telecom, and now, you know, there's this report in the State Services Commission about people who are, you know, the, who's the guy who's on $995,000 oh. a year? Oh, well, like, mate, just across the way, just got another 30 grand this year, right, yeah, didn't she? Yeah, so I'm not really, I couldn't really care less if, if Materia Turai or anybody else gets a few extra, extra bucks. Like, yeah. you know, it's a very weird morality, isn't it, and double standard. Oh, it's that, that, yeah, rich people can do anything, get away with anything, but how dare somebody who's poor get a few bucks extra from the, from the state? And it's not like it's costing anybody else. It's not like it's coming out of somebody, you know, all the people that made the big fuss about the money's already the there, right? Yeah, they're not any any worse off for it. Mm. So the the witch hunt and driving of her out of politics is the low light for me. But there's another low light, which is just the general level of kind of lack of self respect of a lot of people in this country who. An employer announces that you know the workplace is going to close, and the workers cry, or they they go to the party that's put on, and they take the party presents and put on the party hats, mm. and then they just meekly go along to the dole. No fight. Yeah, no fight, and that's a continuing low light for me. It's just the meekness mm. and passivity of most people in this country, and it's particularly strong among Pakeha. Yeah, you know, like Maori have got a bit of fight in them. Yeah. Um, New Zealanders of Pacific origins have got a bit of fight in. I mean, you look at the places where the fight is going on, and it's that's where it is. Yeah, you know. But Pakeha New Zealanders, we're like this differential lot that just will, will not resist. Well, I mean, with what's happening happening on campus, they'll cl- crowd around the clock tower and they'll have their little thing. Why aren't yeah. they on the street right yeah. outside campus? Yeah, and why you aren't know? they occupying the Vice-Chancellor's office? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, I mean, you've seen a few uh, Freedom Works bra- uh, close down this year again, yeah. and you've seen those people on the street, and yeah. you've seen those people marching through the town yeah. uh, and doing as much as they can, I, and they can't. I think but. people are scared to step outside of the rules of the game. So the rules of the game in terms of industrial legislation, for example, all stacked against working people, all is completely stacked against unions. It's, we have 
amongst the most restrictive uh, industrial laws in the world in terms of when workers can strike. Mm-hmm. So the workers at this um, university cannot just do a walkout saying, no, we're not going to put up with the redundancies. They, have to, they can only go on strike um, at the end of their contract when their contract's up for negotiation. Yeah. But uh, um, if, if, if workers were working people were, and, I'm, and when I talk about working people, I'm including, um, you know, people who work in universities, what are seen as more middle-class jobs, but uh, uh, they're face, facing the brunt of cutbacks as well. If they were prepared to actually step outside the rules of the game... Just do it. Just yeah. do it. I mean, yeah. come on. You're it can have a role You're about to lose your job. Yeah. Yeah. Just break the rules. Yeah. Oh. And you look at how anything has ever been won. Yeah. Imagine if people never broke the rules. Imagine no peasant revolt, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. The, the, yeah Russian Revolution. The, there'd be no peasant revolt. There'd be no, you know, votes for the working class, no votes for women. There'd yeah, still yeah. be slavery yeah. in the in the southern states and in, right. in, in the south, all the rest of it. You know, like we'd still be back in, in fact, you know, we'd still be back 2,000 years ago in the era of, of slavery and, uh, and exactly. so on. So we make progress because people are prepared to to stand up and prepared to to break rules and i mean what's going to happen say the um university employees went on strike or they occupied the vice chancellor's office or so on like what's the worst that's going to happen it's not like this job it's well, what's <laughs> they're going to lose, lose anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like, and the university still requires heaps and heaps of staff. It's not like everybody that takes part in mm. some kind of civil disobedience is going to lose their job. And what's the wor- so? What's the worst that can happen in, in places in Africa, in the Middle East, and Latin America, and so on, people resist. And they could get killed, they could get locked up in jail, they could get tortured, you know, imprisoned, disappeared, and they they resist. Nothing much bad is going to happen in New Zealand, and yet people won't. And to me, that's just the continuing... Well, I mean, maybe they're worried that they'll be blacklisted. Mm. Maybe, you know, there's only a certain amount of jobs in this country in those fields, and in humanities there's none, and there's going to be none around the world soon anyway, so... And they know that the the, the union movement is is historically at a a weak point. Uh, Are are those... um, is that union leadership going to back up um, mm, working yeah. people if they do take a legal action? So that, that's a huge question as well. But I actually predict, because there's been this rise of expectations in New Zealand, I actually predict that there will be some rise in terms of protests and industrial action, etc., next year. And we're already yeah. seeing that with, uh, um, say, transport workers, train workers in, in Wellington. We've got um, primary school teachers and nurses talking about the possibility of industrial action. So I think things are going to change to some degree in terms of people prepared to be to stand up especially with this new coalition government that is promising so much. Mm-hmm. Right, we've already gone through a quarter of an hour. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. We're there's, gonna... there's always some people, though, that will stand up. I just don't see it changing dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's always little pockets, like, just to put in a plug for something, at present, workers at the Rotorua Aquatic Centre are resisting where the employer, which is the Lakes Council, yeah. with Mayor Steve Chadwick, former Labour MP, mm-hmm. You know, they want to make them all redundant, um, farm out, outsource the management, and then hire them back with worse pay, worse conditions, which I thought was actually illegal. But those workers are resisting. You know, they've set up a fight back. um, uh, Well, they set up a fight back. They set up a Facebook page. They had a march um, yesterday. and, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of support. Yeah. So, you know, when workers do resist, the support is there. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, the funny one is the transport with yeah. what's happening in Auckland and Wellington yeah. because there, I think there is support for that but people still want to get to work yeah. so that's a real tricky one yeah. Eh? Like, yeah. It's real. Yeah. Um, for, for me this year um, there's been many and I've tried to wrap my brain um, and a, bit, a big one for me is swimmable rivers and the change right. mm. uh, to the levels of pollutants you can have in a river and call it a swimmable river look at the, what's happened in Taupo over the last few days um, disgusting and that's all from um, you know well it's, that's not from changing the levels but it's been allowing that shit to leach into Lake Taupo, yeah. you know, this oh. tourist mecca, uh, yeah. this beautiful big giant uh, volcanic um, crater river um, lake, it's amazing, and no yeah. one can swim there this summer. Yeah. You can't even yeah. swim there. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and, and to, just because the, the the algae's there. If the algae wasn't there, but the levels of shit was still up, you probably I'd say for swimmable now. <laughs> so that change the swimmable rivers for me it w- yeah. was huge, and yeah. uh, and the country just took it lying down. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, there was a bit of outrage after two stories on one news, and that was about it, and we forgot about it. So yeah. it's starting to get into international news as well. So there was mm. a feature article in the Economist recently about the the. Uh, environmental problems in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I and, saw... And that will start to have a negative impact on tourism. I saw one yesterday. It was great. Don't, you know, it was a whole thing about don't scratch beneath the surface, uh, <laughs> you know, because you'll hate what you find. Um, all right. Um, we, well, yeah, we, quick, quick, quick. Because uh, we've done two bloody questions and we've got this whole fucking list to go. We've already done <laughs> 17 minutes. Uh, who was the best performing politician of the year? Winston Peters. Uh, and that might seem a strange one, but... He, he changed the government, he decided to change the government, and he injected, uh, in rhetoric in, at, at least, uh, um, some real radicalism in, into um, political discourse, you know, yeah. talking about the faults of capitalism, mm-hmm. which I think forced uh, Jacinta Ardern to, to uh, talk about um, some of the more systemic um, problems we have in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, Ture. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not really a fan of, of politicians at all, yeah. so I'm not cheerleading waving a big flag for her but she said but that on, on sa- said. yeah but you know the fact that she highlighted those things you know she put herself out there mm-hmm. and and yeah it's just the, the discussion didn't go quite the way that <laughs> yeah i'm with you on that <laughs> i'm with you on that one um all right worst Gareth Morgan. Does he keep on a politician? He, he, he had the, he tried to project the sort of anti-establishment politics that we've seen internationally with Donald Trump on the right, with mm-hmm. say Jeremy Corbyn on the left. He used some of the rhetoric. He poured lots of his own money into his Opportunities Party, but in the end, he just sort of fucked up, um, um, saying the odd, outrageous thing focusing too much on himself um, and yeah so it seems like his party his project could be dead yeah, oh yeah whereas it could have been a real go it will it'll be dead uh, you oh sorry the Phil? vast majority of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes um, I don't know for that one either uh, best performing party Labour you have to say Labour yep. Um, yep. And, and, and there it, it really comes down to Jacinda Ardern her uh, ability to articulate her politics uh, to be very knowledgeable about um, policy yeah. and, and to um, to connect um, those policies uh, in, in the sort of popular arena and connect to ordinary people. So, yeah. yeah, she's a very skilled politician. With, with, with that in mind, could the best performing politician be Andrew Little? 
No, I've heard some people in the media say what a hero he was for <laughs> falling on his sword, but he really had no choice. He, yeah. he, he had to do that. Oh, the sword was coming at him. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think the sword fell on And him. I think he performed very badly, um, partly because he's just, he's, he's not, when it comes to the media, he's not particularly articulate. Um, but I. Yeah, I, I just don't think he really had it in him. He's too mm. much of a, a, a backroom bureaucrat yeah. to be a good public politician. Who's your best performing party? Well, I would never in a million years vote for them, but I think the National Party probably was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What more could they have done? Yeah, true. Their, their problem was that they had no mates. Nine years in power, and they still got, what, eight percentage points more than... Seven yeah. or eight percentage points more than Labour. Um, yeah, I would say it, it was. It was the Nats. It was the Nats. Yeah. Uh, worse. I mean, we might have a consensus on worse. I don't actually know, <laughs> but I've been thinking about this. Uh, could it be the Maori Party? Uh, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> but I guess they were really on the way out anyway. But um, certainly, um, yeah, you could ask one one of the worst political operators during this election was Tuku Morgan. Yeah. Um, uh, I think uh, his whole sort of arrogant strategy that the way to win Murray voters was to show that the Murray party had the support of the Murray elite, such as with the Murray king, didn't work. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was pretty clear to me that it wasn't going to work. It was going to lead to a, a further backlash against the Murray party party yeah mm-hmm. right what about you phil i'd say it's a bit of a well and i don't really care but i'd say it's a bit of a, <laughs> i'd say it's a, i'd say it's a three-way tie actually between yeah. the opportunities party which showed that you can have as like with internet money you can have a lot of money but it, yeah money yeah. can buy your love yeah yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and the maori party and mm-hmm. i think labor didn't perform well you know, like at the end of the day, nine years of national in government, and the yep. best they could do was 37, or whatever it was, 37, 38. Well, I mean, the best they could do was get um, Jacinda Ardern in there, to, to be honest, because yeah. without Jacinda, they would not be in the position they're in right now. No, no, they'd probably still be sitting on yeah. thir- low 30s. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it 27. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, key political words or phrases? I think inequality and poverty are the two key words and, and, and survey after survey has shown that the main concern or the, uh, of New Zealanders are materialist issues, economic issues, especially around poverty and inequality. So That's I not think what the internet told me yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you. and I'd say the same, you know, that there's a lot more conversation about those words now than... Yeah, yeah. I can and capitalism, we're hearing the term... Mm. The use mm-hmm. of the term capitalism for the first yeah. time in decades. We don't have time for predictions. Let's uh, go to international now. Uh, what are your highlights of international politics? I Cor- think the Corbyn? Gen- Corbyn? Yeah, I think the general rise, the continued rise in anti establishment politics, whether that's with radical centrists such as Macron, who mm-hmm. started a new party in France and mm-hmm. then delivered that party into power. Um, and I think, yeah, the strengthening of the, the, the left in, in Britain with Labour. So that shows you, you've had social democratic parties or Labour parties of the left moving to the right for, for uh, over the last few decades in the global north, whether it's Labour here in New Zealand, whether it's Labour in um, um, Britain, the Socialists in France, and you know the Democrats, um, uh, more Liberal Party rather than Social Democrat, but the Liberals in America, and you've suddenly had the growth of a left which is uh, supported by tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of young people yeah. um, in most of those parties, especially in Britain, and with Bernie Sanders in America, where um, surveys are showing for example in America that um, more young people under 25 would rather live 
in a social society than a capitalist society that mm. socialism is, is suddenly trendy now with young people where uh, people, young people in Britain are backing a leader, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who was a pariah in, in the Labour Party, was absolutely loathed uh, by the elite in the Labour Party and by the majority of his parliamentary colleagues and, and they were able to make sure that he kept the leadership and mm -hmm. actually gained support for the Labour Party so uh, there's lots of problems with all this phenomena of left-wing so-called radicals entering mainstream parties and being pushed up but I think it's, it's, it's something very healthy. It means that there's real political debate again within mainstream parties over mm -hmm. policy, over ideology, etc. All right, what about you, Phil? I think um, the most encouraging thing is that there is a growth in people who are prepared to stand up for their rights mm -hmm. um, and the places that I find most inspiring are actually probably in Latin America, in particular Argentina, where you know workers they're faced with the factory closure mm. they, they mm. occupy it mm. they don't make to go home they occupy it um and there's quite a growth of that kind of resistance in argentina and the other thing is that no matter what the israeli state throws at them mm -hmm. palestinians mm -hmm. continue to struggle and i find that just incredible and yep. You know, absolute respect for the Palestinians. Definitely, definitely. And that leads probably into lowlights too, that one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be Trump. It's got to be everything to do with Trump. It's got to be, you know, Jerusalem. You know, yeah. Who do we haven't had a chance but, to talk about that today? But mm. at the same time, I mean, how entertaining is it? <laughs> Somebody who's completely crazy gets to be president of the United States. It's a movie, right? It's it's a it's a movie. Yeah, it's a soap <laughs> opera. It's 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 crazy town. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's just unfortunate that what he does actually has, you know, real life effects. So that makes it not so funny. But on a day to day basis, you never know. You know, the guy just opens his mouth to change feet. And it's just, yeah. like, you know, just <laughs> hugely, hugely, uh, yeah. You know, watching the it's like watching a train wreck, yeah. Um, in in process, and you can see it, and you know that he can't. Mm. He, yeah, he, he just can't say. He can't see. He's got no self awareness, and no no real awareness of how the rest of the world thinks. And he thinks he can say anything, and, and it yeah. would just be believed. Like I actually now, it's like that wasn't my voice on that tape in the in the bus. That wasn't me at all. You know, I mean, I talked about how it was me for ages, and it was just locker room talk. But now I'm saying it wasn't me at all, and all my people are going to eat it up. They're going to eat it up. Conspiracy against mm. Trump. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Trump? Um, my in terms of lowlights, yeah. my lowlight would be the general situation in the Middle East. So whereas if we look right mm. back to the Arab Spring, there was a sort of general sort of mass democratic mood and sort of mass emancipatory movement thrown up, especially in Egypt, and that's, that pretty rapidly collapsed um, with communalists, with identity politics coming to the fore after that. So now the struggles in the Middle East, which I think are going to be ongoing and become more heated, are based around the Shia versus Sunni divide, mm -hmm. such as with um, especially the, the, the tensions between Saudi Arabia and Iran, which could really lead to a war. Yeah. Um, I think um, the, the, the nature of the political struggle in Palestine, Israel, where it, it just doesn't seem to be moving beyond that sort of Palestinian and um, Jewish-Israeli divide, whereas 
around the Arab Spring, there were actually mass protests in Israel around material issues, around economic issues, especially over housing. So you had an eruption of pro- protests of youth that were predominantly um, um, Jewish people involved, but there were, um, talking to um, Palestinian friends here in Dunedin, there were a lot of Palestinians got involved in those protests around mm, as well. Mm, around, mm. So it showed there's, there's a potential for an emancipatory movement in Israel-Palestine that's not just based on their ethnic, religious and national divide. And So yeah, my low light is that I, I continue, I, I predict that those, those sectarian and identity divides in the Middle East will continue, especially with of Saudi Arabia and Israel focusing more and more against Iran, yeah, which yeah. could lead to a major um, military conflict. All right, uh, we're going to have to leave it there. We've run out of time. We've gone way over time. Uh, and yeah, maybe that's one of the you know, predi- you know maybe we, next year one of our things we hope to do is actually stick to our time. <laughs> yeah, we can't help it. It's just too good. The chat's too good. Uh, just quickly, my one of my low lights. Uh, I agree with both of you on that one. But um, Myanmar and Sun Sun Chi, what mm. the hell's going on there? Mm. Um, so much hope mm. so much hope in that country and it's That's just so I don't know if she's just being pulled along uh, you know I don't I have no idea what's happening in the top there but I, I'm actually mm. devastated to find out what's happening to the um, the Ragunga people uh, it's it's terrible uh, alright uh, it's almost time for news here's a continuation of our top uh, tracks of the year this is the Beths from Auckland with Great No One you're on the one okay, thanks Jamie cheers thank, thank you. you Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas Merry Christmas Happy New Year